Blog Talk Radio. Black free thinkers, where we walk by sight with a bright flashlight to illuminate night. Free thought, we don't walk by faith in the lost mind state, cause it's not quite safe. We don't recruit, we're not peers from a church, so don't be spooked, we're not here to convert. The only truth that's not pulled from a text, show me proof that's not good after death. This is the challenge to think for yourself, break it out of the bottle and speak what you felt. 310-982-4273 to get through A venue for community and this is the zone If you'd like to speak with Kim then pick up the phone 310-982-4273 to get through The next tree branch is Rainer and it's best you listen to Reason, science, and skepticism It's loaded with straight facts, inspiring and dope She can make Bill Nye retire his lab coat Humans are hilarious and every other Friday I'd like to hear commentary on culture people So I hit up Super Mario and bring in Emmeline To discuss why we're capable of ultra evil It's normal for my brain to have a two-way street But if it's a collision, well then you got to just mention it And don't be afraid of where the truth may lead Ignoring your position of cognitive dissonance My father Teresa preaches, it's hard to stop So Kim paired me up with Alfred in the barbershop I have a sin family in all these places now As the free thought tree pollinates around This is the challenge to think for yourself Break it out of the bottle and speak what you felt 310-982-4273 to get through A venue for community and this is the zone If you'd like to speak with Kim then pick up the phone 310-982-4273 to get through Where we walk by sight with a bright flashlight to illuminate night we don't walk by faith in a lost mind state because it's not quite safe. Yeah, yeah. Good Friday night to you. Black Free Thinkers Radio, we're about to get hot. How's everybody doing this evening? This is your host, Carl Eburn. We're going to be joined soon by Alfred Mims. And you got Kim on the line with us as well. How you doing out there, Kim? Hey, I am all good. Good evening, everybody, and welcome. Oh man, uh, it it's going to be. We're getting into everything. I mean, wow, we it's been a crazy couple of days and weeks, and we're just gonna jump in. It's gonna be everything. It's kind of like a jumbo, a gumbo tonight. We're gonna touch on a whole bunch of topics that uh, that I think are their current. They're very relevant. Uh, some of them are humorous. I mean, we're going to talk about the recent walkout uh, in uh, fast food restaurants. Folks take it to the streets and demanding their rights and asking for uh, a living wage. That's going to be in, uh, something of interest. And, uh, you know, we're going to talk a little bit on that. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit about, you know, the growing number of black celebrities who are becoming, uh, who are coming out and saying, hey, you know, I'm either atheist or I'm no longer religious. And we're going to discuss that. They're growing, and it's a, a larger number than we've seen in in, in, a, in a while. You know, we're going to touch on some, you know, there's still a lot of homophobia out there. Um, you know, there are folks that are trying to loophole their way around rules that have been made and laws that have been made to 
progressed the progressed the movement of gay people and getting their rights. So we're going to touch on that a little bit. You know, we're going to talk a little bit about Miley and twerking and, you know, T.D. Jakes getting laid hands upon by Tyler Perry, which might be the most ridiculous thing I've ever seen or heard about. So we're going to talk a little bit on that. Um, again, we want to hear from you. If you're out there, man, pick up the phone. The number is 310-982-4273, man. We want to hear from you, too. You know, let us know what you're feeling on these talk- topics as we go in. We're going to talk a little bit about that. So how are you doing out there again, Kim? Hey, it is a wonderful, nice, tolerable evening, you know, compared to other places in the country that's, like, smoldering. If they're not too hot, they're getting inundated with rain. So no complaints tonight. We have a lot to <laughs> talk about because over the past week or two, it's just, you know, just the, the jokes write themselves. So, you know, we don't have to do anything but show just, up. So it, it's been an interesting weekend, you honestly, know. man, <laughs> I, I agree. I mean, if you're a comedian, this is the most awesome couple of weeks that you, you're making your money just just reciting what has been said and what has been done and what people are doing, and it's just the craziest thing. Um, like I said, we're coming up, we're going to have Alfred join us as well. We're going to talk on a lot of issues. I want to start off um, with recently uh, we've had workers in fast food restaurants, most uh, most openly, I mean most in the front of the news right now, McDonald's. Workers are walking off, man. They're getting out in the streets and demanding either the right to organize or, more importantly, unionize, and uh, they're demanding a living wage. I mean, I don't know about anybody else, but I learned a long, long, long time ago that uh, you don't mess with the person that's making your food. That's I don't know right. About you, I don't know. You don't you don't screw around with the person that's you know if you don't know that person personally, man. You ain't sitting there watching them put it together. You don't make fun of that individual. Or, yeah, you, know, you know, like I said, that white stuff on your sandwich might not be mayonnaise, so you don't want to <laughs> you don't want to get that individual ticked off. So right, and why do they of- receive living wage? I mean, you know, the, yeah. the senior management, the executives, they're getting multi-million dollar bonuses. I mean, these corporations exactly. are sweeping billions in profits per quarter. There are four quarters in a year, okay? That's the type mm-hmm. of money that they're giving. So their employees deserve, you know, a living wage. In, adju- in addition to that, maybe if they had more profit sharing and the employees felt as though they were investing in the business and that part of the business was belonged to them, they would be more exactly. invested in the business. Exactly. I mean, it, it, this isn't rocket science. The, uh, a happy worker is a paid worker. If you give somebody money, I have a job. And like anybody else, I have days when I don't want to be at this job. There are people getting on my nerves. These forms got to come in here. This report has to go there. It's the same thing. I get ticked off with my work. But you know what? I go back because at the end of the week and when it comes to payday, I can when I I can take care of my bills. I can take care of my children. I pay their daycare. I can pay for the rent and our light and our heat, our food. So it's totally worth any kind of nonsense I have to deal with on the daily grind because I know that I can take care of my family. And that's all a lot of these folks want. I mean, listen, you you can't call somebody that spends anywhere from twelve eight to sixteen hours on their feet flipping burgers for 
irate and and ungrateful customers, you know, you can't uh-huh. call that person lazy. You can't call that person lazy. And there's this weird uh, uh, idea that, and, and not just with the fast food industry, any industry where a person is working minimum wage or the service industry. So, because I include waitresses and you know wait and chefs and wait staff at restaurants in this number. I mean, this is not the job of the lazy. You know, this is not what lazy people do. You know, right, and, and this just staff is paid way below minimum wage. There are some exactly. wage staff people that aren't making $2 and change an hour because yeah, they are I factoring mean, in the possibility of tips, and not everybody tips or tips properly. Exactly. So these are things, and, and there's this weird, I think people have started to think that they are part of this elite class in our country or the rich in our country where they can dictate what a person should make based on the type of job that they do. And I think, right. listen, to me it's just common sense. A person has to be able to live, you know, because if not, what's the mm-hmm. sense of working? If you're going to complain about somebody being on welfare, if you're going to be the type of person that complains about food stamps or, or, or people getting welfare checks or getting paid by the government or government assistance, then, you, I mean, you can't say, well, you have to be, able to let them get paid enough to live their lives. Because a lot of these folks exactly. who are out there working at your McDonald's, making you the $5 foot long at Subway and stuff like that, they work long hours. They work and they don't get the weekends off. They have to work there too. And at the end of the day, they still have to be on government assistance. Most of these folks exactly. are, most of the people that are on government assistance nowadays are also working. They're called the working poor. They never, no matter how much they work because of the salaries that they make, money that they make is not enough for them to get out of that hole. Exactly, and you're absolutely correct. And and places like Walmart and McDonald's and some of these other corporations, in some cases, they keep the workers at a certain level at the poverty line or a little bit below so that that employee will be dependent on the government for, you know, SNAP food stamps as well as subsidy checks, you know, from the government to supplement their income. But in addition to that, this is one of the little-known corporate welfare secrets is that with some of these workers, the corporations are receiving a stipend from the government because this worker falls within a certain category and they underwrite the worker's salary. And and so they're receiving money from the government and paying the worker, and especially some of the workers at Walmart, they turn around and spend their whole paycheck at Walmart. So it's a win-win-win for Walmart all the way around. Exactly, exactly. And, you know, I mean, that's that's what it is. I mean, I I put it up on my Facebook page, and I know I shared it with uh, Alfred. I know he shared it with a couple other folks. Recently, the Massachusetts Institute of Technology put out a living wage calculator just to show you how much you need to be making in order to just not just, you know, in order to have a fairly decent living, you know, You'd be surprised if you're listening out there and you think you have a good job. I I urge you to go online and just go on this wage calculator, type in your salary, and it's going to show you what you should be making. 
it surprised me because I typed in my previous salary. I mean, I'm thinking, hey, I'm all right. I typed in my salary. I'm supposed to be making at least thirty or forty thousand dollars extra. You know, you'd be surprised. Right. And then they show you they break it down by number. Hey, they'll break it down by category. Here's what you're spending your money on, and this is why you need this money. This is why you need. It's not just like you think you deserve. I think I deserve this. It's that. Okay, let's say for instance you take seven twenty five an hour. Somebody gets paid seven dollars and twenty five cents an hour. What good is that when milk is four dollars nowadays? Exactly. You know. So if you just took That's one right. hour that you went to work, you went to work for one hour, and you get your seven twenty five seven dollars and twenty five cents for that one hour of work. And you say, I'm going to buy dinner for my family. You walk into a Walmart. You walk into a down here is Publix or Winn Dixie. By the time you picked up juice, you're already down four dollars. Exactly. And that's without tax. You're already down four dollars. If you buy orange exactly. juice, you're down four dollars instantly. If you buy a loaf of bread nowadays, you're down a dollar. You're down four dollars or two dollars or three dollars. So yes, it does add up. And this is you know, yeah, seven twenty five made sense back in the days when things were just a dollar or a quarter or whatever. And gas was, you know, gas was a joke. And gas was one seventy five. Sure, you could get by on seven dollars an hour if, yeah, when gas is only a buck seventy five. But now it's three ninety three just for a gallon. That's here, and exactly. I can't even speak. I don't even want to think about what it's worth out in California and parts <laughs> like that. So, you know, I'm like, listen, exactly. I. Because, I, I, I mean, I respect the brother Alfred because he lives out there. And I'm like, dude, if I saw the gas prices where you live, brother, I'd be riding a horse. <laughs> <You know? laughs> or have and some really nice sticks from all the walking, right? I was you like, know, I, yeah, right? Hey, man, I could, I could put up with the smell of horse crap if I if, if it's free. All I got to give it is hay. I'm good because I'm not paying four and a half dollars for gas. It's ridiculous. <laughs> But this is what this is what the workers are facing in this country, and there's this weird thing that's happening to the American people as a whole. Um, this idea that workers demanding to be treated fairly is right. wrong. Like the mindset that you know you should just be happy you working. Where did that come oh, yeah. from? You, you know, know this you know, mentality. I mean, and, and they're blaming the little guys. That's what gets yeah. me. They have people pointing at the victims, pointing at the people who are barely, you know, making a living, barely feeding themselves and their families because we had to, you know, calculate a bunch of things into this scenario. If they have a vehicle, they have to put gas in it. You have to put a few dollars away if you need repairs. Or if they're catching public transportation, they got to get a weekly or a monthly pass. You know, and if they got mm-hmm. children, you got they care, you know, and, I mean, there are a number of factors, but, you know, again, like I said, they have people blaming the victim, have people blaming the workers. Now, am I saying that, you know, everybody um, should make, you know, top dollar? No, it just really depends on the situation, but it should be a living wage. There is no reason yeah. why it takes two people to work 40 hours to barely make rent on a one-bedroom apartment. You know, exactly. <laughs> you know, and they have they have one or two kids, so maybe they give the kids, you know, the yeah, no, and, uh, absolutely, yeah, yeah. I mean, absolutely. I mean, listen, 
I have my my son and my daughter have aftercare. Like my son's in daycare, and my daughter has aftercare, and I think alone just that is about four hundred dollars. You know, yeah. that's almost four hundred dollars. Yeah. And I'm I'm like every time I go there and I see I, I think about it, I'm like I'm I'm I walk in there. They're great people. They're good to my kids. I'm not even gonna knock them. But sometimes I walk in there, if I see you sitting down and there's not a child in front of you doing something educational, I get pissed off because <laughs> right, right, I just right. get a lot That's of money. For. You better be on some E equals MC. My kids should be able to speak Latin by the time <laughs> for the money I'm paying. And that's me. And I have I have what would be considered a good job. Um, you know, right. I mean, I'm not, I'm not living the life of Riley and I'm not swimming in cash like Scrooge McDuck, but... I have the opportunity where I work and in my line of work that I can provide for my family. And I'm just, every time I see what I have to dish out to these folks, I feel bad because I'm thinking about those parents with kids that, you know, they just like they want their kids to be educated, they want their kids to be safe, they want their kids to, but they can barely afford to pay just to take care of their kids. I mean, exactly. these are little basic things. They're not asking for crazy things. They're not asking anything. Right. I, I, the folks at McDonald's, the ones that walked out of Kentucky Fried Chicken, the people that are walking out from Walmart, the people that are walking out of, of any of these things are the service industry workers that are are, are, are are protesting. They're not asking for anything crazy. They want to work. Right. And as exactly. much as people out there, yeah, as much as we bitch and as much as we bitch and moan about it, at the end of the day, people like working, you know? Even if it's not uh-huh. our dream job, even if it's not the job you wish you were doing, at the end of the day, if you get a halfway decent check, it could be cleaning up roadkill. As long as you get a halfway decent check, you'll be there tomorrow scooping up coyote guts because it pays your bills. And who doesn't love that? Who doesn't love the independence of knowing that, hey, man, I might have hit an obstacle this week, but I know that next week once I get paid, I'll take care of that. You know, who doesn't right. like that independence? Who doesn't like the exactly. independence of being able to pay a bill and not being beholden to anyone, knowing that I did my honest eight or 16 nowadays hours, you know, exactly. I, I know I can I can buy this, I can go here, I can take this trip, I can pay this bill. I can handle this thing. I can build my life. That's what people uh-huh. want. It, I mean, to me, it's common sense. And in, 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 in an economic sense, I'm not an economist, but I'm pretty certain if you pay people well, they'll put it right back into the system. You know, exactly. you pay somebody good, they're either going to go to the club or they're going to go to the shopping mall. <laughs> or, true. you know, they're going to take it. They'll put it right back into the system, so everybody is everybody wins. It's an everybody wins scenario. You know, not everybody wants to be with Mitt Romney or Donald Trump or, or hell, even a Kardashian. They just want to be able to live a halfway decent life without having to worry about what's going to happen when the rent comes due. I, I'm surprised right. that you know, and I mean, it's the to me, it's the blindness of greed. It's the blindness of, of, of greed where a greedy person oh, yeah, can't see past. Yeah, yeah that's they, capitalism they, they, for you. You know, it's a system of greed. And one thing that I would say, like some of the people that we're talking about, in particular, you know, um, food service industry people, so fast food 
any of the restaurants that, you know, the busboys, the waitresses, waiters, or what have you, what we need yeah. to understand is, again, these people are handling our food, and even though there are OSHA and sanitary regulations out there, it's not always um, followed, but that's another story. However, these people deserve health care because this is the thing. They're touching your food. They're breathing over mm-hmm. your food. They're breathing in your face. You want them to be healthy. You want them to be able yeah. to afford to go to the doctor. You want them to be happy, if you will, because, you know, just going back to what you were talking about, about being stressed out, that's, you know, one of the catalysts for some of the issues that we see, especially in poor neighborhoods and in particular black neighborhoods with the hypertension yeah. and diabetes and, you know, other stress-related illnesses. You know, I'm not saying that they're all caused by stress, but we'll just say stress does not help the situation. Not at all. Not at all. And you know what? On, on, on another note, you've seen a lot of this starting to happen. I, I think personally it was formed. They're all forms of protest. I know when, or I don't know if anybody remembers, I don't know if you remember, but back in a couple months back, you know, you started seeing stuff at uh, the, where they make the iPhones in Asia. You know, people were uh-huh. doing certain things and messing up the phones and stuff like that. Or you have situations where products are coming from, China and they are like just traces of lead and mercury in them and stuff like that. To me, right. when you see when you see cats doing stuff like bathing in the sink at your local Taco Bell or licking the tacos or 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 you know messing around with the chicken at KFC and stuff like that, and they videotaping. To me, in my right. mind, those are just though. Even if they, I don't think they planned on it, but trust me, those are forms of protest. They hate their jobs. <laughs> They hate exactly. the jobs, and it's just, and it's not you know, and it's not you know, a satisfied co- a satisfied employee does not do that. I don't care what job exactly. it is, a satisfied employee is not going to deface his his building's property. He's not going to mess with the product that makes sure he gets paid or she gets paid. Those are people who are just fed up and just don't care anymore. I'm and, and exactly. in my mind, I'm pretty certain, and you know, subconsciously, just them sticking it to the men as far as they're concerned, like. Hey, you're going to treat me like crap? Here's what I think about your food. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. And then it gets fed to the rest of us, and it doesn't help when you have nasty, irritable people coming through the drive-thru or going through the line and mistreating the people that work there. You saw the video of in Dunkin' Donuts where the one woman was irate and videotaping and basically mistreating worker, right, and the worker was still very nice to her, continued smiling, and that worker got a promotion and a bonus because they continued mm-hmm. to deal with that situation with grace and humility. Exactly. Or or conversely, we got the guy that came in the door and wants to shoot somebody at a Dunkin' Donuts for getting his, his, his thing wrong. Are you serious? Right. Or the crazy McNugget lady. So it's yeah. like, we don't even have to make the art. It's like, for real, all the time, I think they did, some, I think it was like a Popeye's or something or some Oprah thing, and they ran out of chicken, and people started losing their minds. And it's like, we don't even have to make the argument anymore. It's documented. This is what we as employees have to deal with. <laughs> you right. know, it's documented. I'm here, I'm working this stupid job, or I'm working this job where I'm trying to make a life for myself. And people, right? And, and folks have to understand, it's this image. It's just like the same image that they created with the black welfare queen. It's the same image with the fast food worker. It's just some snot-nosed punk who doesn't deserve more money. When in actuality, 
most a lot a large amount of fast food workers now are people with kids. That people that had previous employment, people that were too old that were it's ageism getting played out a lot of times. Exactly. There's folks that That's right. they were too old for their former job and they got fired or their parents married couples, all of those things. So it's not just a snotty running nose kid anymore. These are grown people that have to exactly. try and build their life back. So, you know, yes, you're seeing it. And, and honestly, they don't even have to tell you anymore. You know, America's obesity right. problem can tell you the story. It's like, yeah, we're making mm-hmm. the food that's making all fat. And at the very least, can you pay me? <laughs> right, you know? right, right. And, and treat me with some respect because I remember when I was a teenager and I worked at a fast food restaurant and basically mm-hmm. I'll just put it this way. I remember one time when I was sick and, I mean, cold, flu, something was going on there, but let's just say I was a, a little leaking vessel there. And I mm-hmm. went to work, and I told them that I didn't feel that, you know, it was sanitary. I didn't feel as though I should be there. But they didn't care. They put me on that line anyway. And, you know, I'm touching people's food and their fries and shakes and the money. Because, you know, money is nasty anyway to begin with. Yes, money and Exactly. And I'm touching all of their stuff and talking to these people. Now, personally, had it been me in line and I was waiting on myself, that sick, I would I would have gone to somebody else's line because I wouldn't have wanted me to touch the food. That's just how exactly. picky I am. <laughs> I mean, there's yeah. there's so much that goes into it. I mean, there's not a and no one's trying to turn the, the the no one's trying to call these people saints. That's not the debate here. The thing is, right. the world has gone moved on from where seven twenty five could do you well. Right. I, at the very least, make the make the money that they get paid match what match, match what the, the the state of the world is outside. You know. Right. So they can live. Why would you? I mean, is it, I mean, what's the idea here? Are we trying to create recreate a surf? You know, like we're, exactly. we're trying to create a, a caste system now. You know. Right. I, I mean. Exactly. And while we're speaking about it, I would like to commend all of those brave people who, like, take to to record, go on the record with their disdain for these striking crybaby fast food workers. I I mean, listen, I guess you're probably going to be eating out of a can for the rest of your life, but I commend most of the people at Fox News and Rush Limbaugh and all them cats for jumping on TV and, and, and saying all this crazy stuff and you know, not thinking that they might wind up in a McDonald's because I'm like, brother, if they remember your face, I would hire somebody to try my food before I eat it, you know. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Right. I don't even, I don't even talk junk until I get my bag. I like, I'm, (laughs) I have to go to, I'm like, I'm not talking no snack until I get my food, man. (laughs) Exactly, and they better remember, they have cameras. So at the same window you're ordering food, they have cameras looking directly at you now. I stop for my health, so I don't really frequent that anymore. But I understand. I do understand. And they just deserve better. That's right. That's right. And they deserve better. And in addition to that, you know, things have changed. I remember, you know, way back when I was a little girl and my brother was a teenager and he was working at, 
you know, a couple of different fast food restaurants at the time, they had management courses. So the employees that were working there, they were putting them in the management courses. I remember a couple of people going to McDonald's University down there in Florida, and they had mm-hmm. real opportunity to be upward bound within the company. Nowadays, yeah. these companies have no loyalty. If you get to a certain pay grade, and some of them, they will push you out the door. They will push you out the door because they can hire two young, you know, college grads for your one salary. And, yeah. and, and basically the college grads don't know any better. So, you know, they can train these people to do your job. And, you know, I'm not trying to take away anything from young people entering the job market because I think it's absolutely wonderful. You know, but what I'm saying is, you know, there are not enough jobs being created in this country, which is why we have the crunch that we have now in the unemployment numbers. You know, they're claiming that the unemployment number went down this month. It went down because there are a lot of people who have given up looking for jobs. I know that. I know that for a fact. I mean, it happened to me. I mean, I woke up one morning and I was laid off. It was just that simple. I didn't do anything yeah. wrong. I didn't come into work late. It's just, I guess, my you know, whoever owned my company needed to buy a yacht so he could snort coke off a hooker's breast. I don't know. He just you wake <laughs> up one morning and you're laid, you're laid off. It's not. It's nobody's. You know, it's not even your fault. You just laid off and. For a very long time, I mean, I remember, you know, and my wife was pregnant with my son at the time. You know, we were in some very dire straits. We were really just, you know, trying to keep our heads above water, like the song says. I mean, for that year and a half, I really got to understand what the song Good Times meant. You know, like, wow, okay. that's what they meant. You know, like, I mean, I of course you know it, and I knew it growing up. But, you know, I wasn't rich or anything like that, but having it so in your face that way, man. I I gave up hope just like they did, man. I gave up hope like a lot of people did, man. It, it was just, yeah. you know, it was just a stroke of fortune in my in, that I we got an opportunity to get our things together, but um the other thing and you're right. This 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 country has given up on training its people. I mean, people are the most important commodity in this country. Not any kind of re- this is the most I mean, this is the most important commodity there is, and and for some strange reason, I don't understand this. There's no attempt to cultivate that, you know. Right. I mean, you you build cause you build employee loyalty. When you show that, hey man, I came in as a guy mopping the floor, and now I'm a manager. Those stories don't get told anymore. Exactly. <laughs> because there's nobody. There's no one. I mean, everybody from the manager down is just trying to hold on because they don't know when, you know, the shit's going to hit the fan and then everyone's out of a job. There's just no, there's been no attempt to cultivate a working class in this country anymore, you know. Whenever the whole idea, and and it's it's sad, it's sad and, you know, it's being taken out on these people. So I'm totally in favor of them striking. Me personally, I think most folks should just stop going to fast food restaurants because they're trying to kill you anyway. You know, <laughs> whatever you eat. I, I mean, honestly, I mean, I want them. I want them to be maintained because people need to work. And hey, I can't tell everybody what to eat. But it's been three and a half years now since I've set foot in a fast food restaurant. You know, for my own purposes to get me food. I've never. I haven't gone back. And honestly, I just feel better. 
I mean, yeah, in the long and short of it, heck, maybe we, while they strike it, maybe we should all just stop going. It would, it would Our you bodies know. would probably thank us, you know. Because exactly. It's not, that, you know, or force the them to the healthier men. You know, if you're going to have to go, force them. Because I remember at one point in time, there was a couple of fast food restaurants that put in salad bars. You remember when salad bars got real popular in the 80s? And, yeah. you know, yeah, because I remember a couple of McDonald's, you know, they were experimenting and they had yeah. salad bars. No, I remember that because I think it was with the, uh, what was it, the McDLT or some nonsense like that. That's what I remember yeah. that. Yeah, yeah you I know. Remember that. I remember that. Right. So, I mean, again, pay your people, treat your people well, make them mm-hmm. feel as part of the company, that they're part ownership, because people tend to take care of things that they own and that they earned. Now, you know, in some cases, if you're just giving people stuff, you know, some people take that for granted. But considering what we've gone through really since 2000, year 2000, when the um, um, the IT bubble burst, you know, and lost a lot of dot-coms and a lot of IT workers lost their dot had these, you know, heck, what was that, the thing with the dog, the puppet, you know, it was popular for a minute, and then a couple of months later, the the, the uh, IT bubble burst, and, you know, everybody's yeah. just looking at each other in their face like, hey, what are we going to do next? And here's the thing, that's all we keep doing, the mortgage bubble. It's it's getting blown up again. All of these bubbles, exactly. it's just like it's, it's expanding, it, recre- it decreases, it expands, it decreases. And instead of us trying to, to, to come up with an, a, a, a more concrete solution, we're not. And, you know, it, 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 it's sad, really. It's really, really sad. Like I said, people are the greatest resource that America has, and it's just not cultivating it. I mean, the, it, it's, you know, the empire is killing itself. Let's put it like that. You know, <laughs> exactly. But since you brought up the mortgage, you can't even be mad. Yeah. Say that again. No, I said oh, you can't no, even be mad. Oh, yeah, no, I'm just saying, you know, about the um, mortgage bust, you know, the little bubble that mm-hmm. bust, and, you know, kind of killed the economy. You know, I was reading an article earlier, and basically this article was from, like, 2001, 2002, and it predicted what was happening with the mortgage companies and some of the hedge funds and what was going to happen. And then in the same article, it was talking about how $100 billion basically is being funneled through our economy, through U.S. banks, and it's $100, million, I mean $100 billion in drug money. And $90 billion of the drug money, $90 billion of the drug money goes overseas, which 10% stays in this country. But the thing is, is that, if these U.S. banks know that they're, you know, laundering drug money, I mean, why aren't we investigating that? And that was, again, 2000, 2001, 2002 when that article came out. And it predicted what happened with the mortgage, you know, crisis that we had. And so, so I mean, if, if this is being reported in the Washington Post and Wall Street Journal and, you know, you know, reputable papers, why hasn't anything really been done about it and why did they allow it to continue? But that's but you know again they're blaming the common people, it's Main Street that's paying for all of this, while Wall Street got away with it all. You know there are quite a few hedge funds manager hedge fund managers that left the United States, gave up their citizenships, and moved somewhere else so that the U.S. government couldn't come after them. They know exactly what they were doing. 
Exactly. And, and, you know, and just to bring it back, bring it back again, you know, um, uh-huh. we back right back to the whole the striking workers and everything like that. You don't hear a lot of criticism. I, I, I know I saw, I saw it on Alpha's page. Somebody said it, and I know I heard it again, too, Somebody just speaking to me like you're saying, oh well, they don't deserve. But nobody working at McDonald's or Subway deserves fifteen dollars an hour and stuff like that. Yeah, but does a company CEO deserve to get paid one hundred times or four hundred times? You know, what is that guy doing? That 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 you, you can tell somebody that's mopping a floor, cleaning up after your dirty ass inside of a bathroom, or cooking uh-huh. you food because you're too lazy. To go home and cook your own food, you right. know, because right. they were working, they were working just like you. You say, "Well, no, I was working, so I want to go get me something quick to eat." Yeah, that person was working too. <laughs> so you're exactly. the one being lazy. So you're going to tell that individual who's either cleaning or cooking or or frying something to feed you and maybe your clan of kids that you brought with you. You know, you're gonna tell that person that he doesn't, he or she doesn't deserve fifteen hundred, fifteen dollars an hour, but the CEO making three hundred percent more than the more than that guy, just sitting in an office and signing papers, that guy deserves right. more, that much money. He deserves to walk exactly. home with his eight, uh, eight uh, you yeah, know, eight-figure. Um, yeah. Yeah, most of the people doing the grunt work are working harder than the people that are pushing the papers that they are delegating work to everybody else. The higher up you go on a chain, the less work you do. Now, I'm not saying that there are no hardworking CEOs and, you know, senior managers. There are plenty of hardworking Mm -hmm. ones, I think, you know, because some of them, they earn their money. But, you know, the thing is, is that, you know, not all of them do. And quite a few of them are less than competent, extremely incompetent. And yet they get paid well. Yeah, I, you know what? It's it's funny when you bring that up. This uh, again, we're talking about there's no there's no cultivation of right. the of the of the working class in America anymore. And you can see it not just in you know you can see it not just in the port, but you can see this in the front offices of a lot of these corporations. There's this weird inbred, you know. <laughs> Is it, it, when you look at it, it looks like it, it's like corporate inbreeding. They can't think exactly. anymore. They're, all of them are going by autopilot because most of them just don't have the the outside of the outside of the box. I hate using that corporate term, but the outside of the box thinking that to to, to maintain their companies anymore. And, and again, like I said, the republic's eating itself. These guys is they're inbred. They're, one guy comes in, he stays for a long time. He brings another guy who came from the same sheltered, you know, privileged world uh-huh. of his, and puts that guy in the in the, in the office, and then he gets his buddy, and then his buddy, and 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 sadly, you've seen it bleed into our politics as well. You know, yeah. I mean, it, you know, I, my staff is full of guys and people that think and act and and perform just like me. Of course, it's going to become stagnant. Of course, it's going to become stale. There's no way around that. The only way you can do that is if you can try to cultivate a new class. Of, you know, that, that, that class is going to come into the game and work and make it happen. You know, that's gone now. Exactly. To the point where people, exactly. and then, you know, the, the entitlement. I mean, they always talk about poor people and entitlements. They talk about these striking workers and entitlements. 
and there's no more entitled class in this country than the rich. They've done exactly. nothing. <laughs> I, I, I'll guarantee you, you take, you take 20, probably with the possible exception of Oprah Winfrey, you take the other 20, you know, richest people in this country, and I'll give you good dollars to donuts that 19 of them are, are, are born, were born that way. They did nothing to earn, the Koch brothers did nothing to earn their fortune. They were born into it. All they do exactly. is maintain it. So, so there's exactly. that. I mean, it's a, it's a common sense thing. It's a common sense issue that that for some strange reason nobody has the common sense to deal with, except those people that are out there that are asking for the just the basics. Just give me what I can so I can take care of my kids, take care of my home, take care of my life. They're not always going to make, and, and, you know, I think we, I think we, you posted a story about, you know, they're always put off as being stupid or ignorant, but I think you talked about it, where poverty forces people's hand to make some very right. desperate and sometimes foolish decisions, you know? That's right. When you can't, That's right. you know, if, if, and I, I've been there, I've been there. When you owe the, you know, when you got to pay, you know, you got to pay the light bill on Monday, you ain't got enough food for Tuesday, and the the rent man is threatening to kick you out on Friday. You're gonna cut corners, and you're gonna do what you have to do to survive. It's not exactly. a plan that you make. I mean, long when you got enough money in the bank, and you got your 401k, and you got all this, that, and the other, you have the luxury of making long-term plans. But when you're staring down the barrel of foreclosure, or the lights going out while you're sitting in your house in the dark. You know, uh-huh. You, you tend to make desperate decisions. That's where a lot of these people are. You think somebody that's making $7 an hour right now at a McDonald's or a Wendy's or a Burger King, do you think they want to walk out into the streets and protest? No. I'm pretty sure they'd rather be working. But they're so exactly. desperate right now. They're desperate. They need exactly. somebody to it's, it's, Oh, yeah, and that desperation, you know, sometimes leads people to – make bad decisions because of the yeah. situation that they're in. And, you know, again, some of the issues that we see in the news, some of these people are victims of circumstance, if you will, victim of their environment. And, and you know, it's, it's just it's interesting. But, again, you're right about human resources being our most valuable resource and they definitely need to be cultivated. They need to be trained. You know, again, well, some of these people that are complaining about folks that want a living wage, you know, they should receive a living wage, but we should also have training programs. And actually, this is the reason why the government created jobs in the first place, in particular for um, people of color to have opportunities that weren't being afforded to them in the private sector. And, you know, they need to create more jobs. This sequestration that we're going through now, there are people getting laid off. There are people not being hired. And, you know, it's hurting. And it's hurting the economy. That's why when, you know, um, you know, they were pumping money back into the economy when they extended unemployment, they did it so that people would spend money and keep the economy flowing. We live in a capitalist society, and they're trying to keep it that way because, again, if people don't realize it, if the economy in America fails, 
it's a global economy now. It affects other countries. So, yes, exactly. we need to invest in the people in this country. You know, it's, it's just as imperative that we start looking at things this way instead of focusing yes. on greed, which is capitalism <laughs> in and of itself, the system of greed. Hey, hey and I'm saying it like this, too. And, you know, we're talking again, you know, connecting it to the striking workers, you know, fast food workers and stuff like that. Just Right. Just, again, to create this working class or to, to, to reinvigorate the working class in this country, I mean, in my city alone, in South Florida, I think they have like 20 bridges are, that, that are falling apart, literally just pieces of them mm-hmm. falling apart into the ocean. And I'm like, do you think that if you just started hiring people, there wouldn't be a gang of folks around the corner just to do their part to keep these bridges open? Exactly. You know, I think Alfred yeah. on with us now. You know, there's there people that want to work, and there's people that want to, to to contribute. I mean, Hello? or just want to spend money for the sake of spending Hello? money. There's nothing wrong with hey, that. So yeah. my, my mindset is pay them. <laughs> What's wrong with that? Exactly. And, you know, you brought up government jobs. I'm telling you, I, I did the census about four years ago. Oh, four years uh-huh. ago now. And it was, again, not too long after I had gotten laid off. And, you know, they paid me $16 an hour, and I was in the South. I'm in the South, and I'm driving around just And they paid me $16 an hour not too long after Obama got elected and to open up doors where people got their big Confederate flag cursing me out, and they'd say all kinds of stuff to my face. One guy had a gun pulled on him for working the census, and they paid me about sixteen fifty an hour. I went to every single door in the middle of the heat doing the census. Why? Because I got paid. I got paid. Exactly. They paid for my gas. Of course I'd do it because I was paid well for it. Yeah, that makes sense. Exactly. If you, if exactly. I hear you. And, you know, you know, again, you know, people, they give you the caveat, caveats, especially being a census worker. Alpha, mm-hmm. I'm sorry, Carl. That's Carl. Alfred, are you there? Can you hear me? Yeah, we can hear you. Okay, I'm sorry. Uh, yes. uh, it's, just, it's a little frustrating having to uh, pull more than your fair share of weight and then receive a meeting because the people who aren't there uh, want to. I'm, I'm ranting right now. I'm just kind of upset that I have to make uh, hey. sure that I'm co hosting. And uh, uh, I'm sorry. <laughs> it, go, it goes perfectly along with what we're talking about anyway. <laughs> Do you see why exactly. you have to pay people well? <laughs> You got to exactly. pay people. If you you going to make me <laughs> stop take doing what well I think. And show them respect. Like, yeah, man, and I turn. So, yeah, honestly, I mean, it, it should be, it, it shouldn't be, it's not brain surgery. And, again, it, it what's sad about it is it's the short-sightedness of greed. Sooner or later, folks are hurting themselves. Uh, whoever's saying that these that McDonald's guys don't get paid, shouldn't get paid this money. Whoever's saying that, in the long run, you're hurting yourself. Exactly. Well, well, I've I've, I've heard this, and I actually had a discussion. I don't know if some of y'all caught it on my page. Is that why can't... Yeah, you you saw that and saw how uh, interesting it was and that my knowledge of uh, economics came into question. But here's the thing. It was an appeal to tradition, and I left it alone. Uh, I kind of hope that somebody else would bring it up and the fact that I was doing something else at the time. But why can't someone maintain a 
living wage. Not 15, I don't think 15 an hour, but maybe that'd be a little bit too much, in my opinion. But something to at least sustain themselves. If you want to say that, okay, well, this wage is not meant to live off of, then why, why even have that position open? You know not everyone is going to be a high school student, and there's not enough of those positions to uh, to fill for high school students. But for those who okay. aren't high school students and are trying to build themselves up, how are they going to build themselves up and obtain an education when they can't even live off the wage in the first place? It exactly. doesn't make sense. Right. If you want to use it as a step, then that step can't be loose gravel. It has to be concrete, if that's a, that's a, a good enough analogy. So this this argument that it oh it's not it's not meant to be a position to live off of then fucking fix it. it I, exactly. I, I can't it can't be any more blunt than that. If yeah, these I mean, folks cannot afford to pay their uh, workers enough to sustain themselves, then what are you doing as a company? But we already know that they can. You can look at Google. A lot of people don't know this about Google. If they are married. If you are an employee of Google and you are married and you die, your pa- your spouse gets half your paycheck for 10 years. That is crazy. I mean, that's wow, an yeah. example of, of, of uh, <laughs> companies that actually are doing it right. Another good one is Costco, where, like, their minimum wage is about $15 an hour. And that's exactly. one of the best companies to work for. So yeah. Exactly. Saying that, you know, th- this is going to hurt the, the employer – this is going to do this and this is going to do that, you're going to be a better company because of how you treat your employees. People are going to want to shop there because they hear how well you treat your your employees. They're going to they're going to want to work for you if they hear how good you treat right. your employees. I mean, I mean it, it, these even are, if the and like products I said, we said are pricey. Before you got on the line, it, it's yeah. common sense. You pay somebody, they're going to, what's the first thing they're going to do? They're either going to use it recreationally or they're going to use it to, to, to pay for something in their home, you know? They're going to go to a thing, but if they're not paying their bills off, they're going to go someplace like a club or a restaurant or a movie theater or a mall or something, you know what I'm saying? So it's like, why? And then if they do that, half of you guys own half of this stuff too already. What's the big deal? It's like the money's going to come right back to you anyway. It's crazy. Yeah, it's it's amazing how some people think that because they're in a certain financial situation that they are, for whatever reason, uh, blessed or however you want to you want to phrase that, so that oh. everybody else underneath you. Uh, you know, it's just a lazy bump. I can say that being in the military. I can say that. <laughs> if you are not in my position, you are lazy and you are ingrate because you don't work as hard as me. You don't go out to the desert. You don't get deployed. You, you, uh, what's a good example? Oh, someone can send you a text message in the middle of the night while you are sleeping next to your spouse and not have you come back to work. I have done that many a time. So to hear folks saying, so specifically civilians saying that, well, you know, all these other people are lazy, you are lazy. Who are you to tell someone else they are and that people are dependent upon you? You don't work hard because I can look at you and say the exact same thing, but I don't. I've never told anybody that unless they have turned their nose up to somebody else uh, trying to better themselves and demanding that, hey, I want to have a basis to 
fix my life. Even if I fuck up or not in my lifetime, I need a strong foundation so I can at least pay my bills. I may not have an iPhone. I may have a track phone. Even even if you do have an iPhone, you may want to say, well, you know what? I want to fix this. I shouldn't, I shouldn't be wasting my money on Jordans and iPhones and stuff. You know? Right. So it comes with education. It comes with, you know, wanting to be diligent. And it comes from your neighbor not being a snob and assuming that everyone else around them is a lazy ingrate because then that do make that person turning their nose up at you a reprobate for doing it. But exactly. it's, it's a little bit of reflexivity in, in, in there that people miss. You know, it's hard to be objective about yourself, but then those folks making these assertions will never look at themselves and say, well, maybe what I'm saying is uh, a little, it's too much of a talking point and I'm not actually um, looking at each individual person. I'm just generalizing everyone I deem uh Unfit. Well, you know, I mean, talking points ain't necessarily bad, especially if you have the truth. If there's a fact in in a talking point, then that's not a bad thing at all. Uh, you know, it, it, it's. I honestly think if somebody's digging a ditch or doing that job that no one else would do, like like you said, look down on them and say, "Well, you're doing this because you can't do better." If that person is willing to do that job. Pay that person. Pay him right. You know, because it's gonna. You're not gonna find a lot of people that's gonna come do that. Not like that. I mean, so I, you know, it should be again. It should be a common sense thing. It should be a common sense discussion. But it's turned into this weird class warfare kind of thing where, and it exists where you have people saying that you're in this position because you deserve to be there. Like somebody yeah. woke up in the morning and says, all I want to do is flip burgers. No. Everybody probably walks into a McDonald's or walks into a Burger King and signs that paper hoping that, well, maybe this money will help me take care of this. And maybe I won't have to worry about this anymore. And maybe I can use it to move up. And there was a time where these same companies used to try and cultivate growth from within, but they don't do that anymore. Or not anywhere yeah. that people can visibly see it. And it's know. interesting that uh, that people, and I say people, it's, it's certain folks, certain folks with elitist attitudes will say, well, you know, if you if you want to do something so bad, go get your job at McDonald's and then, you know, go fix your life. But then when people can't use it as a foundation and they have to turn to stuff like doing drugs or, you know, doing other nefarious acts, then People look down on them for doing that. Granted, that is their decision, but at the same time, everybody needs to eat. And yeah. I'm pretty sure living indoors and having plumbing is a pretty good uh, motive for doing what you have to for money. So exactly. it's damned if you do, damned if you don't. So there's a scenario which it it kind of it, it it really makes me lose hope and faith, and not in humanity, but in the kind of way that we look at each other in America because it's it's not it's not fair. And for the many people who do have these sort of mindsets, they look on T V and they look and they, they watch and try to uh have this kind of group think where well oh, I I can't remember the quote. It's one of the uh one of the uh presidents, I want I don't want to say I think it's uh L B J said if he can yeah. convince uh any white man that he is above the lowest Negro that he's doing his job. So I cannot remember the exact quote. But sure. I can't help but to remember that. 
and it's, it's not just it's not just specifically for Caucasians. It's for almost it's anybody. Anybody can take yeah. that. If you were one step above the lowest man, oh, you can have a little bit of talking and bragging rights to, to put him in his place, and then that gives you a feel good, even though in reality you are down there too, a couple or a couple of steps in front of him. Exactly. Most of the people, and this is this is funny. You know this too, Alfred. Most of the people who are sitting here and saying this stuff about the folks who are walking out of Walmart and Subway and stuff. If you're there, if you're shopping at a Walmart, if you're eating at a McDonald's, if you're going to Wendy's or buying from Papa John's, chances are good you're not that much better off than the people who work there. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. <laughs> we have Deborah on the line with us here. Deborah, are you there? Yes. How y'all doing this evening? Good evening. Hey. All right. Can you hear me? Because you know what? I've been listening to y'all, but I don't know what is my phone or what y'all are on. Y'all are going in and out, you know? Is that my phone? No, that was Blog Talk Radio. Now, it's Blog Talk Radio. We had some issues with that last night, and they sent us a note today saying that they cleared it up. But my apologies for those that are experiencing that. Yeah, I thought it was my phone, so I I hung up and I called back in, you know, because I thought maybe, you know, maybe it was my phone. I never had that problem, but this is the first time I had to experience it with y'all. You know. Hey, your people, Block Talk Radio. Hey, I'm just kidding. They're tripping, boy. They're tripping. <laughs> That's oh, yeah. Right. They're trying to stop a good thing. That's, there you go. There you go. There you go. No, they can't. But, it, ain't no way. They can't stop this. Uh, That's right. Stop. That's right. We've got to get the word out. And, I mean, you know, we're talking about a lot of different subjects tonight, and, you know, tying it all in is that basically it all boils down to – you know, we need more innovation, more research and development. We need, you know, a lot more technology and the manufacturing jobs again in this country because we used to make stuff. We're not making stuff now. We're importing a lot of these things, and we need to create jobs. And part of that is instead of us inventing the technology and then, you know, allowing other countries to mass produce what we invented, Bring the jobs back here. You know, there's no reason for that because I know um, with NAFTA in particular, you know, North American Free Trade Agreement, you know, a lot of companies went over, you know, to Mexico and other countries when we signed that agreement. And basically a lot of the manufacturing jobs left then, and that also helped to create you know, the joblessness and some of the issues we're having now. But, yeah, we need to get back and start cultivating our culture, cultivating this country because, like you said earlier, you have bridges. Our infrastructure is breaking down. That creates jobs as well. But in some cases, especially over in San Francisco when they were, you know, working on the bridge, they were bringing in, you know, foreign countries to help with the construction, to, to basically lead the construction. So, I mean, you know, where does that leave Americans that are out here looking for jobs? And, again, paying people a living wage. They will be able to pay people a living wage if we didn't give so much credence and so much credibility and so much, you know, authority to the people that are making these, you know, million-dollar bonuses. You know, it's it's just it's unfair. What did they do to you know receive a thirty-two million dollar bonus? 
you know, for one year. I mean, what spectacular feat that they do to earn that, you know, maybe we should have a maximum wage. Yeah, exactly. What the the maximum amount of per one person can be paid? Yeah, I would be down for that. <laughs> yeah, definitely. We should have more control um, of our money. That's our true, money. Indeed, indeed, indeed. I exactly. Think so. We have another call here. We have a call. Um, let's see here. Area code six o one. May I ask who's calling? Oh yes, hello. This is Alvin. Hi, Alvin. Welcome. Hey, Tim. Um, I, I know y'all talking about fast food, McDonald's and stuff. I just recently mm-hmm. signed a petition uh, for um, one employee that used to work for McDonald's. What they are doing now, some of these companies, I can't speak for Mississippi because that's where I live now, but I know some of McDonald's in certain cities are now, they're not paying them a paycheck. They're paying them um, bank cards, and they're charging them fees for them bank cards. Wow. Um, if you try to use that bank card, they charge you to um, get the money out of the ATM. They're charging mm-hmm. you to even get a bank card. So if you get a bank card, they're taking that out of your um, bank card, the paycheck. So And you can't even get a paycheck. Some of these McDonald's and some of these fast food places are getting cards now, some of these people. Wow. You mean like that's what I want to say? Like how that... Like that rush card and stuff like that with the like the crazy fees on yeah, them, that, like that stuff. Russell Simmons was trying to hawk. Yeah, it's exactly. Either giving you a paycheck or um, get it deposited to your. They can't even. This um person that um had the petition said they don't even even try to get a paycheck. They say no, this is the only way we do it now. Some certain companies, McDonald's, do that now. They give you a card, mm-hmm. which which is your check, and they charge you. For using that card every time, like if you want to get money out or you every time you use it, they charge you for it now. And that's how it wow. So if you didn't pay minimum wage, they say about 200 some bucks, and they're going to take uh, maybe two, three dollars out to give you the um, use the card, then every time you use the card, they charge you a dollar. So that now the banks are making money off that every time you use the card. So you might not even really get that much every week if you got to use, use this card um, exactly. that's been paid. Wow, that is that is criminal. That is not even like yeah, I, right. I mean, but I'm sure that there's some kind of loophole in the law that they've used to make that uh, completely legal. And mm-hmm. I don't have any other words to say. That's that's serfdom. That's not even mm-hmm. <laughs> there's that's no right. better way to say that. It's your your right other, now. Other than it's sick. Other than it's I can sick, tell you. sick, sick. That's sick. Wow. I can tell you what, what the, the proponents of that are going to say. Well, if you don't like it, don't go. Don't go work for them. You know, there's so there's so many jobs out there. Just go find another one. It's fine. Yeah, there's oh, plenty. There's so many out there. The sad part about that is that a statement like that, and, and you know, and Alfred was talking about it. Um, it it stems from ignorance. That means you don't even know what's going on in the world right outside your door. To say that, yeah, there's a whole bunch of jobs out there. No, no, there aren't. I don't know about anybody else, but just four years ago, the the world almost exploded, you know. Exactly. (laughs) Globally, the banks literally, they broke. Somebody, whoever it was, the richest people in this country broke the world. Let's put it like that. Where they bank, I mean, there's an entire American city declaring bankrupt. You know, the only thing that's not true about Detroit right now is that RoboCop doesn't live there yet. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> mm-hmm. 
I mean, seriously, there's an entire American city declaring bankruptcy. And people are literally suggesting blow it up and start over. That was the mayor of Boston saying that. You know, yeah, what should we do about Detroit? Blow it up and start over. He wasn't kidding. You know, so this is this is what we're talking about. This is not like, you know, yes, the focus is on these folks from the fast food restaurants, but it's it's much bigger than that. It's much bigger. We're all against the line. Of course, we'd all be in better jobs if there were the jobs out there. Just ten years ago, we were people playing. We were playing fast and loose with where we could work because if I if I get fired from this job, yeah, I just get a job somewhere else. Yeah, that used to be true. And then the world split in half. <laughs> and then they you know? were doing undercover things then, you know, undercover, little undercover things. They were you know, J- what, what's that, Goldman Sachs? Was Jamie Dimon? Um, Merrill, either Merrill Lynch or Goldman Sachs. Jamie Dimon lost a couple billion dollars, doesn't know where it is, and he's like, hey, what you going to do? So it's exactly, yeah, that's J.P. Morgan Chase. Yeah, Jamie J.P. Dimon Morgan was J.P. Morgan yeah, Chase. Yeah. And, I just lost a couple yeah, of Yeah, what happened yeah, what was the subordinates, <laughs> the subordinates fell on the sword for that. And basically yeah. some of the people that worked under him, they were fired and pushed out because, he, of course, they blamed the money, blamed the error on them. And Jamie Dimon, you know, came out smelling like a rose. Exactly. Um, I don't know. I, you know I do, this is such a great discussion, but I kind of want to get on to some of the other topics, you know, uh, I is Alfred still there? You know, we want to touch on some of these other topics that uh, of discussion that we wanted to bring into the show tonight. Um, is it, you still on with us, Alfred? He dropped. He's, he'll be calling right oh, now. I'm still here. Nowhere. You still here? Oh, yeah. Hello? Yeah, yeah, brother. Wanted to talk about some of the things you brought up. Uh, another one of the issues that, you were, that we were talking about and looking at um, for tonight's show as well. Uh, the the growth and the the surge of what we see a lot more uh, actors and celebrities of color um, kind of throwing off the yoke of organized religion. I don't know if you want to touch on that just a little bit. Yeah, no, Alfred Trump, that was Alvin. But, no, we can talk about that because... Yeah, no, this is all good, but um, basically, you know, with, you know, more and more black celebrities coming out as atheists or agnostic or non-believers, if you will, that's a wonderful thing because what has happened, and I've been saying this over the past few years as we've done this show, that more and more of us are starting to come out and we're giving other people the courage to come out because there are quite a few non-believers and atheists that are sitting in these church congregations. It's a matter of tradition. It's a matter of ritual. You know, you're getting out the house. You're, you know, congregating with people that you enjoy. I'll be the first one to say church can be a lot of fun. You know, right now, now, I wouldn't go to church to enjoy the service, but the, let me find one of those church churches with the old mothers that know how to clean season and fry some chicken. Oh, I'm there. I'm sitting right there with my plate. <laughs> 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 
<laughs> and so what I'm saying you know? is, you know, more people coming out and more people, again, finding the courage to come out as non-believers. And that's why I think it's important that the black atheists, the black secular community, that we build our own community and we build up these local groups so that people will have somewhere to go. And we have to be able to build up, even in the communities, the communities of color, and be able to help. And this is where some of the churches have fallen down because there are some churches out there doing good works. I'm not going to put them all down. But, you know, we can, you know, extend and offer some of the same programs. But, yeah, you know, the celebrities that are coming out, more power to them. Hopefully we'll get it get them to um, write us some checks to help us with some of these projects we're trying to push forward. Wouldn't that be nice? Um, I, You know, what I think is happening uh, across the board, thankfully, and, uh, you know, we were talking prior to the show, Kim and I, what I think it is, it's more than just folks saying, well, I'm going to do what I want to do and I want to do this. I think what's really happening, thankfully, and I hope it spreads not just in this context, not just with religion, but I hope it spreads to other sectors of the black community where people are literally, like, because I'm, you know, I'm talking about my personal favorite humanist figure. I mean, he doesn't, he doesn't, he has not called himself a capital A atheist or identified as any religion, but my personal favorite individual to listen to in recent, in recent years is Dr. Neil deGrasse Tyson, Professor Tyson. It's just, yeah. He, it's this yeah. new thing of moving, embracing intellectualism, mm-hmm. embracing rationalism, embracing education. It's a beautiful thing that I hope mm-hmm. extends to other areas in the black community. It's not enough anymore. To, to I mean, it's not enough anymore. The things are too big nowadays for God said it, I believe it, and that settles it. That can't work anymore. That paradigm has broken. Um, and I'm glad to see, you know, you know, he was on the list. You know, if you go online, if you go to Black Freethinkers on the, the, our Facebook page, you can see it there, you know, the list of black celebrities who are openly, you know, either non-religious or atheists. You've seen John Legend's on the list, Samuel L. Jackson, Neil deGrasse Tyson, Donald Glover from um, NBC's Community. Um, is this embracing of liking to know things. You know, remember that old Chris Rock joke when he did the niggas versus black people, um, you know, very controversial. He says, you know, niggas love to not know. Yeah. Nothing makes a nigga happier than not knowing the answer to their question. We've met people like that. And we've met in the church, and I know being a member of, the, of a congregation before, we've met people that didn't mind not knowing why things happened. Yeah. It was enough to them hearing God did it. Mm-hmm. I'm glad that I'm glad to see that, and even with the people that entertain us, that's not enough anymore. Mm-hmm. I need to know why this is. I need to know why this is happening, and I hope it. I hope it spreads to some rappers. You know, not just to you know be dicks about it, but to truly start embracing reason and rationality and intellectualism. You know, to find out why things are, because I think personally that changes the community. A lot of stuff is going on, in in my opinion, in the black community. It's going on because somebody just doesn't know what the hell they're talking about. And somehow that person got put in a leadership position. Yeah. You know? (laughs) 
that's bothersome. But there's too many of this, there's too many, I think, in the African-American community that are like that. I don't know this. I don't know the answer to your question. I don't know why this happens. I don't know why this is, let's all let, let go and let God. Nah. Let's try to reason this out. Let's think about this as smart people and come to a solution. So, yeah, man, less, less T.D. Jakes and more Neil deGrasse Tysons, man. <laughs> I want to go to the moon, so I look forward to more of those those, those individuals. Definitely. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm sorry, my phone cut out. Uh, it, as soon as Deborah said something about uh, it was going, it was being uh, in mid service. Mine started doing it. So, are, are we talking about the article that depicted um, uh, black skeptics and in the media? Yes, we're talking about mm-hmm. you know the new um, uh, you know. The article that you had provided in regards to a lot of these celebrities that are stepping out and saying, "Hey, man, yeah, that's not my bag, man. I don't do religion. Thanks, but no thanks." And mm-hmm. um, I was saying that uh, I, I'm, I'm glad for it because they're not just doing it to be different or be. This is an actual, honest embracing. If you look at a lot of these folks, that they're embracing reason and intellectualism. So I'm, I'm all for it. Evidence. Uh, I did like, uh, not not like. I actually noticed that the tone of that article was very condescending, uh, especially to some of the um, to some of the the first few pitches that were depicted. And I had to bring it up. I just, I just remember the first few were, oh look, how is this happening? You know, he doesn't believe in God. It's it's like a it's magical and. As opposed to the uh, the article depicted a few days later, where we saw CD Jakes and some of the other <laughs> prosperity camps that oh, oh you know here they you know th- these guys are peddling religion and these guys are benefiting from it and you know they're kind of they're kind of bad like really you're, you're trying to ostracize them because they're they're being overt with their uh, with their desire to manipulate you and and they're bad and so are the atheists. So somewhere in between is this magical land where the most ideal Christians live that you want to really endorse? Really? <laughs> are, you talk, are you talking about the uh, Tyler Perry uh, laying hands on T.D. Jakes thing? Yeah. If that's not the, like I said, that's the most ridiculous thing I've ever seen. And I, you know, even... I can't. You can't put words to the ridiculous. I mean, you just see it happening, unfolding, and you you have to at some point think, is somebody playing a joke on me? I mean, it's not even. This is not even religion anymore. It's theater. You know, this is this is it's it's a it was a it was a Tyler Perry stage play. You know, the only thing that was missing was Medea, I guess. And <laughs> you know, I I couldn't believe what I was watching, like. You know, okay, now you're just now you're just screwing with me. This is not even funny anymore. <laughs> you know, exactly. I mean, you're telling. I mean, why would you even? It, it, it's at this point where you have to stop and look at your fellow people and say, "Really, this is what you want?" And these are the guys that, again, these are people who are offering advice. You know, we're back in the days of the snake oil salesman. Yeah, that's yeah, that'll cure your leg. Did you read what McClurkin did? 
Donna uh, McClure? No, I hadn't caught up on that. Oh man. He, you know, he, you know, he was, he, you know, he was gay, and he went. I don't forget now what it was about, but some he went against. You know, which, oh. which, you remember that it, it happened uh, last week. Oh, most okay. The most recent thing where um, Donnie McClurkin's name has come up in the news, um, I think he was disinvited from an event, I believe, with the president because of his views on homosexuality and gay marriage. Yeah. Um yeah, he was he, yeah, he was asked not to attend and uh uh an event because of his views on homosexuality and gay marriage, which kind of frankly is the pot calling the kettle Donnie McClurk. Right. He's gone to all kinds, you know, he he's one of those people who advocate conversion therapy because it helps him or he alleges that it helped him stop having gay thoughts or right. being gay. Which is kind of like me taking a conversion class to stop being black. It's not possible. People are gays. People are straight. And, you know, then some people are in between. And there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. I, I'm, not, I'm not even mad at him for him being religious. I'm mad at him because he's actively going against his own nature. Right, right. You're going against your own nature, dude. People know that at some point you have had some form of gay relationship, but you're so indoctrinated that you That's hate right. your own self. You yep. hate yourself. Mm-hmm. It's not even about the religion anymore. This is a man with a serious mental issue now. You yeah. can't stand exactly. being you. He joined you know? the crowd. That's what he did. He joined the crowd. Because all them yeah. got mm-hmm. and, 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 you know... <laughs> Again, the irony is, is striking. The biggest proponents, are back, back when George Bush was in office and he had, you know, the faith-based, uh, uh, faith-based organizations and all that stuff. Yeah, the faith-based initiatives. The flag, you know, the, the flag bearers for that in our community was Bishop uh, T.D. Jakes and Bishop Eddie Long and Donnie mm-hmm. McClurkin, which is like, what? Mm-hmm. Really? One shyster and two closeted gay men. Really? And That's what you're doing? No, one closeted gay man and a pedophile. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and you're going to tell gay people that they can't get married? Okay, guys, you win. Yeah. You can't even argue about that because clearly you're talking to people that have that that are not all there mentally. They are mentally ill. Hey, Kim. Yes, hmm. ma'am. Yes, ma'am. I'm going to ask you a real quick question. Didn't you say that, did you say that you had went to, um, at one point, you were going to be a preacher. I yes, I am a preacher. Well, I used to be. Okay, when people go to the seminary to you know learn uh, or to become a preacher, do they uh, are they taught uh, from the from the Greek the Greek Bible, which the Bible was translated from? No, um, it depends on where you go. But wow. for the most, if you if you go to a school of theology, then yes, you know they they encourage you to learn um, Greek, Hebrew, Aramaic, and Latin. So but if you go to not all of them, but I'm, these are theologians that I'm talking about. Now your average everyday storefront preacher, no, they learn from the King James Bible 
And the thing is, is that you don't have to go to school to be a pastor. You don't have to go to school to be an evangelist. You don't have to go to school for any of that. You just have to find somebody to ordain you, license and ordain you. And if you start your own church, if you start your own church, then you don't need anyone to license or ordain you. You're automatically ordained. See? And I think... Go ahead. I'm sorry. I just want to... You know about the changes in those two vowels? I mean, the, 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 yeah, the, 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 go back. Yeah, you have to go back to the 1611 Bible. Um, the 1611 King James Version of the Bible, that's a more accurate translation from the Greek and Hebrew into English. And from the 1611 Bible, it changed over to the King James um, Version that people are reading now. So... Um, in, do they 16th, realize 11th, how they telling these? They realize how they telling these people the wrong, really, really the wrong things. I'm sure they do. I'm, sure. um, I'm certain that they do. I mean, this is this is like I said, it's no longer religion; it's entertainment. Folks are going to uh-huh. church nowadays. They're going to church nowadays for the same reason. Like when Kim just said, "Hey, man, somebody's gonna cook real good, and I'm gonna have a good time." There's no right. It's entertainment. It's not oh, really man. That's, that's, that's any kind wrong. of. Yeah, hasn't it always been like that? Yeah, I mean, you have to. We we have to admit at this point when you're looking at a, at, at Mr. Jakes or Eddie Long or any of these bishops or whatever, uh, none of these men are any. They're not scholars. They aren't educated. There's a large right. difference. There's a chasm of difference between somebody like a Reza Aslan and uh, 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 Bishop Eddie Long or Rod Curry or Kenneth Copeland or any of those guys. There's a difference. This man, like Reza Aslan, the gentleman who recently was on Fox News and they kept asking him what makes you think as a Muslim you can write about Christians, he went to school 20 years. He's what Kim calls a theologian. I know the study of religion. I studied religion. Across the across the world, I've studied religions, so he's qualified to have that discussion. And if you ask something about faith, he could probably tell you, based on his knowledge of religion. Those guys can't do that. Exactly. And it's entertainment. They don't know what they're talking about. You know, T. Jason right wrote a whole ton of self help books, but he's not a he's not a psychologist. No, exactly. He's not a psychiatrist. He's not a therapist. He's not qualified to talk about these things. He's not qualified. Bishop T.D. James, I mean, Eddie Long can't discuss anything. Neither can Donnie McClurkin. He's a singer. If it's not music theory, music education, music, you know, he can't discuss anything with you. But in his mind, in the mind of a lot of these, you know, criminal dollars, he's not any kind of, of educated individual. He's not a scholar. But in their mind, they figure that because I read this one book, and it's in only one translation, I'm qualified now to tell you everything about everything. No. Because I yeah, read exactly. this one book. Well, I mean, the, the yeah. magical power of Jesus lets them do anything. So, I mean, you, you apply whatever uh, aside I mean, you want to put on for that, the day, that's and the you go with it. Yeah, it's 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 you know it's that that weird thing, and we go back again to 
a lot of the folks that have thrown off that yoke, like I said, they took it off and said, look, I don't need this. Um, the article that, uh, that, that, that Alfred posted, John Legend was one of them. I had to walk away from it. He says it. I walked away from it. Maybe in some, maybe someday I'll go back to it, but for now I can't deal with it. Mm-mm. Exactly. You know. Exactly. There's a lot of folks I out really there, and I know there's a lot of people who, uh, you know, Kim no, mentioned earlier. Stupid, like, man, I, no, I go because no, of tradition. I go because my mom is still alive. I go because, eh, the girl I want to date still goes. Whatever. But they're there because, you know, they're holding on, but. I'm, I'm sure they're seeing nonsense and going, hey, I can't deal with this anymore. <laughs> I can't. This, this is not what I came here for. It's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, you know. Mm-hmm. You know yeah. They ain't scared yeah. of no God. They ain't scared of no God. They, you, <laughs> so, you know, to me, it's they don't just high. God. It's, they it's, it's entertaining. I watch to get laughs. Exactly. <laughs> exactly, and, and and that's the whole thing. And you know, even many of the people in these churches that profess to be believers, you know, many of them go for the entertainment value as well. There, some of them are going there for the fashion show, if you will. Some of them are going there to pick up their new date or their side piece or what have you, or trying to eyeball one. Um, some of them are going there for support and comfort because we have to remember that some people, you know, tend to go through these, you know, life changes, if you will, and they're they're trying to hold on to some semblance of hope and sanity, if you will, and some of them find solace in the church. And, you know, we've talked a little bit about transference in which, you know, maybe they traded in their, you know, addiction issues, whether it's drugs or alcohol, and they traded it in for religion. And some of those same people are some of the most zealous religious people you'll ever meet. So people go to church for a variety of reasons, um, and you just really have to sit down and talk to them. But, again, I'm glad that these celebrities are coming out. I'm Mm -hmm. glad that they're speaking their peace and they're out with it, and this should encourage others and even more to come out, not only the celebrities, but, you know, to me what matters are everyday people that I can touch and talk to, and that's the purpose of these shows, you know, with the Black Free Thinkers family here. That's the purpose of these shows. We reach out and to a variety of different people, and hopefully we're helping some people. You know, I get notes all the time, and... You know, people thank me for, you know, explaining some things that they always thought, but they weren't quite sure. And, you know, when we get done talking on these shows, you know, we clarify a lot of things for a lot of people. So, you know, I just thank everybody who's listened in. You know, I thank all of my colleagues and, you know, regular listeners and new listeners. We thank you. And if you have any questions, please feel free to reach out to any of us. Mm-hmm. Please do. And if you find any more geniuses like that one guy that uh, I don't know what his name, the Ghetto Root, uh, Gene, whatever his name is, he yeah. is my new project. His ass <laughs> is mine. That's my new pet project because that year, that I don't know what he was saying about uh, spiritual people and woo woo and rain god and you know he can't stand atheists. I he is about to get the hammer dropped on his ass. He is oh, just like you, man. 
<laughs> oh, he is getting the business. Just like G-Man got the business, he is next. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, again, you know, believers, some of these believers out here, they're even beginning to recognize us because, again, more and more of us are coming out. And what he's referring to is a video that says, where did all these black atheists and agnostics coming, come from? And basically it's the young man stating that he can't stand us and that, you know, atheism and agnosticism isn't for black people. But, again, you know, all of that aside, you know, we have more people coming out. We're moving forward. And it's a wonderful thing. And just basically, you know, I'm going to just segue into the, you know, next, you know, kind of tie it into the T.D. Jakes, um, Tyler Perry thing. And basically, again, uh-huh, go Let me say this. That was the funniest thing Tyler Perry has ever done. It's the only thing I've ever laughed at. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. I've been doing it for a reason, too. It's the only thing I've ever laughed at. So I turned it on. I just saw it. I saw them doing it, and I was like, because <laughs> it's just it's ridiculous. I had to laugh. I couldn't laugh any harder than I did that day. Yeah, it was it's comic relief. The thing is, the only reason why T.D. Jake started shouting is because with that laying on of the hands, it was a check being put in his hand for a million dollars. So Tyler Perry gave T.D. Jakes a million dollars, and then, you know, laid hands on him, and T.D. Jakes started, you know, shouting, and the guy behind him, that poor guy behind him, had to catch him and direct him. But the thing is, is that, you know, again, it's entertainment value, but you have to give to get, because I don't know if you guys remember when they had um, Steve Harvey preaching on TBN. And so now you got Tyler Perry, and don't be surprised if you see Tyler Perry preaching on TBN because, Mm -hmm. see, you know, religion, have being a pastor and having your own church, that's the new pimp game. And so that's why you see some of these celebrities, some of these, like Mace, he went from rapping, talking about B's and H's, to, uh, you know, walking into Creflo Dollar's church and joining church, and now he's Creflo Dollar's, you know, spiritual son in Christ with his own church down there in Atlanta. Um, You know, it just reminds me of those old snake oil salesmen, man. You know, I got the cure for what ails you. I'm not a real doctor, but I stayed in the Holiday Inn once. And that's, that's, <laughs> that, that's, that's where these cats are at, man. I mean, listen, the sad part is, is that and I feel this way about most religions, is you read this book and now you think you're qualified to tell people how to live. Right. And right. that's my problem. That's where that's when I got to stop laughing because these, I mean, you're looking at pure theater. You're looking at pure nonsense, but these people feel that they're qualified to tell people how to live. And that if you're not living like them, then you're bound for the hellfire. And, and I'm they like, dis- you know what? They're destroying people. They're destroying lives, man. Yeah, and, and, and my 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 statement that began this discussion, it's this. I am glad that the new age of atheists and agnostics in the black community, it's not just rebellion against religion, it's rebellion against ignorance. It's a rebellion against not, it's a rebellion of not having information. I don't, this is not enough information for me. I have to go 
where I can learn more about what I'm asking. Whatever this question that I ask, it's not enough to just, well, pray on it. I need an answer. And i got to go to a qualified source to get it. So that's what I'm looking forward to. When these people drop, throw off these yokes and walk out the door, they're walking into libraries now, which is good for that's me. Right. That's I like right. that. That's because, right. you know, they always say for the black church is the center of the community. Well, maybe the library should be. That's Not right. Too hard. That's what they need to you do. Know? You say you maybe believe in something, you ought to maybe know what you what believe in. I think I think the improvement will start there because, thank, I mean, honestly, I said the world can use a little bit more Neil deGrasse Tyson and less of T.D. Jakes, man. Hey, he wants to explore space. I think I'm down with that. <laughs> you know? So if they walk out of church and walk into a, and pick up a book that's not the Bible, yeah, I can live with that. A lot of them are scared, though. A lot of them are scared. Like when I talk to G-Man, it's obvious that he is actually scared that what he believes right now might be a crock of shit and that he would actually have to expound upon many things that he is purposely making himself ignorant to. And and that's what I my whole interaction with this guy is about, is trying to discern what is legitimate, uh, you know, willful ignorance from just trolling. Because at a certain point, it's like no one can be this stupid. No one can make willfully want themselves to be this stupid. But right. it, it comes down to willpower, man. And it, it's I'm almost done kind of with my research with this dude, but I learned something kind of new and disheartening every interaction. No, it, it hurts your brain because there are literal things. I mean, at some point you have to stop and ask this person, do you believe that what you just said literally happened? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's like, listen, Dolphin Stadium is bigger than the Ark. you really believe that? Every animal on Earth got into a boat that's smaller than most football stadiums in America? I mean, are you serious? I mean, can you say these things and then do you believe donkeys can talk? You know, right. you be, do you believe that she bears will walk up and kill kids for making fun of bald people? If you believe these things to be true, you should not be trusted as an authority on things. Right. <laughs> They were getting high, real high when they were writing them books. You know that, don't you? <laughs> I mean, I, I wouldn't doubt it. I wouldn't. Doubt it. You know what? I, honestly, though, that's an insult to drugs. <laughs> drugs, <laughs> drugs only amplify what's already in your head. Yeah. <laughs> drugs you know. only amplify what's already there. They, you know, like what they say, a drunk tongue speaks a sober mind. So if you... If you believe while you're high on whatever they were smoking that donkeys can talk, it probably means that you thought donkeys could talk when you were completely sober. And that's a scary concept, you know, that that we have that you're sitting here in a church and you're telling people that the reason President Obama is planning on sending military strikes into Syria is because a naked woman ate an apple that a talking snake told her to do. That that stretches, right. and you'll notice that if you're sitting, if, if you watch any show where they bring on a person, a religious official or a religious authority, they try to gauge the conversation, and a lot of this pseudo religious, pseudo intellectual talk, so they don't ever have to confront the fact that sooner or later we're going to talk about the more ridiculous aspects of your crazy religion. 
You know, like, yeah, back exactly. in the Garden of Eden, yeah, you know, women were made from a rib. Yeah, right. Okay, and, and, and the thing is, is that with some of this, especially, you know, with some of them saying that they heard the voice of God or, you know, hearing these voices, I mean, and even some of the religious people that say that now, only in religion can you say that. And and not have the DSM slap you in the face and put you on a seventy-two hour hold. Yeah. Exactly. You know, <laughs> you got to get Baker acted when you say things like that. I mean, yeah. I actually literally got into a conversation once with somebody who really believed that rainbows aren't light refracting off of the the moisture in clouds or the moisture from rain. They really think that every time they see a rainbow, it's just God reaffirming his promise to never destroy the world with a flood. Even though the world has... I did once, man. You know where it was? And I'll tell you too, Alfred, if you want some primo... You have to wait for it sometimes. I'm telling all of you guys now, and whenever you get a free chance to do it, just wait until thegrio.com puts up a story about (laughs) gay people getting married or an interracial relationship. Just wait, just wait. You have to wait and be patient. Go on to griot.com whenever they, somebody gay, famous and gay came out and they're black or somebody black married a white person. And, oh, man, you'll, oh, just, it's priceless. It's, mm-hmm. like listening to, it's like listening to a four-year-old talk about trying to have an argument about nuclear thermodynamics by what he read in a book about My Little Pony. Mm-hmm. It's just priceless. Like we were, we were talking about, and I was telling you about this earlier, Tim. When Raven Simone recently came out the closet, you know, she came out the closet, and she's, you know, she's gay, or she at least said, you know, a, 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 you know, said I'm in a relationship. Um, I just was on the grill, and I was just like, wow, they're saying all kinds of crazy, just you know, God, please press the reset button. It's an abomination. The earth is now in the devil's hands. And I was like, why? Because little Olivia from from uh, uh, the Cosby Cosby. show has a girlfriend? Isn't that weird? Right. Isn't that weird? And they they wonder why we talk bad about them. You know, I I mean, they started that mess. You know what? Putting everybody else down. You know, like I said, I can accept all those vague Statements like there's something beyond us. You know? Yeah, I'll buy that. I, hey, whatever, man. I don't know the whole. I don't know the universe. You know what I'm saying? Anything could be out there. It could be the flying spaghetti mon. It could be Cthulhu for all I know. I don't know, and I'm not going to argue that. But when you start getting into these weird things like you know, your fantasy stories and trying to attribute, you know, trying to attach it to real life things, yes, you should be insulted. I, I, I'm, I. Vehemently love insulting people that say things like um, a girl who has been successful since she was three. Because Raven Simone started in television at two yeah. on the Cosby Show, mm-hmm. and then uh-huh. she was, when she hit, when she put, when she came out at eight, she put out a platinum album when she was ten. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? That's right. So by the time she was eighteen, right. you know what I'm saying? So, and she's never gotten it. She, Lindsay Lohan was Raven Simone's roommate. It says something about her character that you never heard about her. Mm-hmm. And Lindsay exactly. Lohan was her roommate. Like, we lived in the same house. I ate food next to this crazy person. 
and she never right. was involved in any of that nonsense. She hung out with Britney Spears. She hung out with Miley Cyrus. She hung mm-hmm. out. Did you see anywhere Raven Simone just twerking on the side of a pole anywhere just because? No. I wish, Because but she no. chooses to love a woman, uh, love a person of the same sex. Uh-huh. Now God has to destroy the world. You have to right. insult a person that says things like that. Exactly. It's your civic exactly. duty. Yeah, you have to challenge it. You have to exactly. challenge it because this is the thing. That's her life to live. And if that's who she loves, who are you to object to and who are you to tell her that she should love somebody else? And who are you to determine, you know, who should love who? I mean, maybe if those same people concentrated on what was happening in their lives and trying to fix their issues, you know, maybe they would be a little happier because, you know, I just don't see happy people, you know, trying to dictate to others. You know, you're too busy being happy. Hello? Yeah. Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you now. Okay. But there we go. um yeah. yeah, yeah. You know, the whole thing the whole thing is interesting, but yeah, 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 yeah. You know, a bunch of things going on, but yeah, that was what was going on with the T D Jakes and Tyler Perry thing. And, you know, I just found that whole thing extremely humorous. Yeah, I still need to kinda well, I saw the picture. I haven't actually gone and read the, the article or seen any video because I, I just uh, it, it it's just disheartening that people see this. Some of them recognize it for what it is. I'm like, ah, well, you know, Jesus. <laughs> and it's like, <laughs> these other people are at the forefront of your religion. You put them there. And that's not an issue with you. But then again, we do have charlatans like Al Sharpton, you know, claiming himself the king of color. And nobody's around to usurp him yet. Not, not as of yet. But it's... It's hard to believe, and at the same time, it's not hard to believe. And it's just easier to believe whatever comes out of someone else's mouth and, and not think for yourself. But it, it's it's truly disheartening to say the least. Exactly, exactly. You know, truly disheartening. And you know, hopefully, you know, people are starting to wake up and seeing this for what it is. I mean, you know, there will always be people out there that follow these folks. But, again, that goes back to, you know, what we're doing. And, you know, we're debunking and dismantling a lot of these arguments. You know, science is helping to prove, you know, some of these things and, you know, some of the things that we know that happen to be true, like evolution and, you know, um, how the earth was formed, all of this information, you know, the facts behind that are being discovered and, and shared with, you know, the world. So a lot of the questions, like, you know, you all were saying earlier about how some people just don't want to know. They don't want to know the answers. They just, you know, they're okay with not knowing things. But the answers are coming forth, and that's why it's important that, you know, when we engage people that we're able to cite references or or give them the links and give them the facts and and challenge them to go look it up. See, to me, that has always been effective. You challenge them to go look it up to prove you wrong. And when they go do the research, they find out that, you know, for the most part, we're correct. Yeah, but some of them just feel outright rejected. Go ahead, Hans. A lot of them know that the information is out there, but it is 
just this fear that keeps them in line. That indoctrination that you see in them and that a lot of us can't help to just remember in ourselves, like, well, how, how did I come out of this? How did I, you know, right. how can I relate to them? But just gauging how deep that delusion is and how uh, fastened they are to it. And that's why I really separate these into two categories. You have the ones that they embody their religion and it they only live to propagate it. That's it. That is their sole purpose in life. And then there are those who are good people, bad people, jerks, whatnot, but their religion augments them. And so those are the people that you can reach a middle ground with maybe or you can at least, you know, talk to and not lose a little faith in humanity. But I would much rather deal with the latter than the former. But too often we get the former, and it's just truly sad to, you know, know that they are the people at, usually at the forefront because they're the most pious, they're the most fanatical and jealous. Exactly. 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 But, again, that's why we're here. This is why we're presenting all of this. And, you know, we've come a long way. We've come a long way because three, four years ago, you would have been hard-pressed to find more than five of us. I think quite a few of us were sitting and lurking in the background, you know, looking for each other. And that's the reason why, you know, I'm just glad that these communities and these groups have formed on Facebook. One of the challenges for us has been to get people to do things offline. And that's, you know, um, that's going to be an important factor in, you know, our community moving forward and us basically garnering more visibility, more viability and credibility in our communities is us, you know, coming offline and basically engaging the communities, engaging the public. And, you know, see, people don't care what your ideology is when when you're helping them. You know, if you're helping them to pay their gas or light bill through, you know, the federal programs. But, you know, that's why it's important that we do what we do. And, you know, you guys have been great. And, and we're getting it together slowly but surely. We're starting to organize. And that's the one thing I like about the Internet, especially you can tell you're getting a lot of exposure when people make videos saying that they're tired of seeing you. That's when you know you've reached a pretty good audience. And that's where I I kind of set my goals as to, well, how do I want to go about myself? Well, I know I want to represent um, minority skeptics, and I want to say, hey, here are these various groups in these areas, Chicago, Atlanta, Sacramento, wherever, that if you go to school and you're school age, you know, high school or college age, you know, kid or adolescent, whatever you want to call them, they have roots for you. You don't have to sit here and have to suffer like I did and assume that the only people around there are these religious nuts that can only talk about Jesus and what they wish they could do, um, you know, if they were in another body or craziness. And it was just completely, uh, it, it, was, it was complete torture because you felt like you were losing brain cells every time you spoke to them. So we need to advertise these groups more. We need to, um, you know, talk to folks like uh, David Fitzgerald is the one for the uh, for the West Coast. But there are different uh, types of, of leaders, and a lot of them, well, not a lot, some of them have uh, minority committees within them to help bridge these gaps 
to where you want more diversity, but then you have a lot of these issues to where you have preconceived notions like black on black crime and, you know, the, the, the black monolith and all this kind of stuff that distorts them and it creates a, a, a quagmire that they have to wade through. And so they see this, this perceived obstacle and they try and approach it from a strategic um, vantage point, but then end up looking like a bigot or they end up looking, you know, or being very prejudiced because of this. And there's so much, you know, miscommunication in there. And so uh, what I hope to do in the future is serve as a liaison between there to dispel a lot of this stuff and to have this open dialogue so we can get more young skeptics involved so we can get them energized so they know that they're making a difference because a lot of them are just disillusioned by all these religious nuts around them and told that, well, this is all there is and all those other folks are evil, crazy, or they tell them crazy, just complete nonsense. So uh, that's where I think a lot of our support is really coming from a lot of exposure is, you know, folks in high school and uh, college folks. Exactly. Exactly. And we need to get to the young people. And that's the reason why, you know, um, you know, we're diversifying and we're trying to appeal to some of the younger people, which is why we have the different types of shows. And um, it's, it's just that, it's the younger people. If you look at the statistics, it's the younger people who are shedding their religious beliefs, if you will. It's more of them that are more tolerant. It's more of them that are trying to utilize critical thinking skills and, you know, um, logic and reasoning. And, you know, some of the older folks, you know, some of us, you know, while we may have thought these things when we were younger due to familial and, uh, you know, environmental, you know, uh, constraints, if you will, we weren't able to necessarily um, vocalize or, you know, uh, express ourselves the way in which we should have or we wanted to. But, again, you know, now we're older, we have more opportunities, and there are some people that are still closeted because it may have adverse effects on their lives, you know, whether it's their family or their employment or, you know, their business or what have you. But there are more people coming out, especially young folks, so we need to encourage them. We definitely need to encourage them. Mm-hmm. I would say that uh, that plus the fact that these institutions haven't grown with the times. And a lot of the mm-hmm. young people now, yeah, the young people now, they, they're already on a different level. Once, they're, once they start deciding, making, they're making decisions about their lives already. You know, with us, it, maybe it was like the, our third year in high school, you know, right before we become seniors, we're starting to think about what we're going to do in our lives. I mean, I have a 12-year-old daughter. She's, she's already making decisions and asking about things that will affect her in the long run. So their thing, their kid, young kids today are making decisions about their sexuality earlier. They're, uh, and right. making decisions about their solidarity, their education. Even, even in situations where, you know, where they're, they're taking steps outward. And, again, they're living in an age where everything, there's no excuse for ignorance in this generation. There no, just isn't. 
No. There's none whatsoever. There's no there's no excuse for it. And young people are coming up in a world where everything that they need to know is available to them at a snap of your fingers. I mean, a, exactly. a simple clue. There's my daughters get sent home with homework, and the teachers are specifically telling you go to the internet exactly. because the information is out there now. So this weird, like I said, narrow-minded, cloistered thinking doesn't work in this world anymore because exactly. you're talking about, you know, you're talking some stuff about Bronze Age shepherds and, you know, there's only one book, whereas whatever information you need to survive in this world and to survive in this day and age is available to you in seconds. You don't even have to type the entire question anymore. You type in the first two words, Google will finish your question. Uh, I wouldn't do that all the time. You type in, is it Not wrong? Not all the time. Not, yeah, don't, don't rule, type in, is it rule wrong? Rule 34. Rule 34 <laughs> on the Internet. There's a, there's a porn version of everything you've ever thought of, so don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> and, and he's right. That is Rule 34 on the Internet. Dude, I didn't even know about furries until a couple of weeks ago. I don't even want to go into it. But there's that. Right. Um, <laughs> I just just know and go to my point that there's everything that you need to know is on the internet. These three words, furries from bronies. That exists. That's the thing. That's the thing. And I'm sorry that I know that, but that's the thing. So, um, again, this thing where God says, I believe it and it settles it, that's not enough for today's young people. They want an My son, he's three. They have a website called ABC Mouse. For all those why, we'll go on ABC Mouse. They'll tell you, man. Get the hell out of my face. They yeah, have the I, answer. Because I said so isn't a good answer. It's not there anymore. They have access to the information. So these tactics, these things where everybody everywhere goes off of the word of one book, it doesn't work anymore. Right. So that's why I'm I'm glad that the youth are coming. I'm glad that kids have access to all. And only a foolish parent, when it comes to important things like, you know, belief or when it comes to things like sexuality or gender identity, things like that that kids are learning in school, well, I don't think my kids should know about that yet. Go ahead. Keep thinking that if you want. Girls that are under the girls that ain't 16 know about Gardasil. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Because That's they know good. about cervical cancer. That's right. And if you're going to do your job, is, yeah, seriously. Yeah, and, they're, and the parents gonna, are doing the children a disservice. Yeah. Yes, they are. So, and, and, it, it, and, it's and, ignorant. And, it's true ignorance. Yeah, see, it's, I just had actually, I just had a class on how to do a pap smear. <laughs> and that's one of the subjects that came up with uh, Garcil and how detrimental it is is that this collective ignorance and folks like the anti-vaxxers and I'm set, I know someone who is a, a adamant anti-vaxxer and I'm hoping that my my friend convinces his wife against this nonsense and because we just had a case where an entire church was exposed to measles and we haven't had oh, that in what, like 60 years measles. oh man that should be Kenneth Copeland, I'll say this. I wish that we had a larger audience so more people could hear me say this. I want to say that Kenneth Copeland should be charged 
with some kind of domestic terrorism. Dude, you just let a biological agent out into the world that we had right. control over. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh-huh. It's like it's like you polio. Right. Yeah. yeah, it's like huh? the last the last time something like that Morgan something like that happened, Morgan Freeman and Dustin Hoffman were running around in um air suits all night. Dude, you just unleashed a biological agent into the atmosphere. And all because yeah. You know what I'm saying? This should not exactly. be allowed. These are things where you should not be allowed to practice whatever you're doing anymore. They should have shut that church down and burned it, burned it to the ground. Not because of any hatred or thing. There might still be measles in there. Exactly. You know, that's criminal. It may it be is. the border of Oklahoma. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. It was just being passed around because it's highly contagious. And they were anti-vax. You know, they were telling people that you know, about vaccines and autism, and all of this has been debunked. Yeah, it's just like that stuff with Jenny McCarthy. Like, don't give your kids these things; they cause autism. Yes, everybody, please listen to the former po- the Playboy playmate. Listen to her. Don't trust the doctors. Don't don't trust the people who went to school for 12, 13, 14 years to learn about chemistry and biology and microbiology and viral virology and all that, those things. Don't trust those guys, you know, the people who map the human genome. Don't listen to those dudes. Listen to the lady who was the co-host of Singled Out because she's <laughs> an authority on these things. Right, right. I mean, Why was she like? Ignorance, I mean, ignorance is a dangerous thing. I mean, listen. Believe what you want and when you want it. I'm good with all of that. But when it becomes a public health threat, the grown-ups have right. to step up. That's right. That's right. The grown-ups have to step up. And, yeah, they should have been charged. I mean, it's still not too late. But he's a powerful megachurch pastor, and it's a good chance he's going to get out of it because, you know, of course they're going to wiggle their way out and say, well, we never told people not to get vaccinated. No, we just told them it was evil and it makes baby Jesus cry or something. Every time right. you take a botan- every time you take a measles vaccine, an angel loses its wings or some stupid stuff. You know, no, it's all good. Believe what you want, but when it becomes something, like if we're having a discussion on how to fireproof a house or prepare for a flood and you're like let's get into a prayer circle you you have to be asked to leave the discussion because what right. you're talking about cannot be used in regular rational world things it's just not I, I can't believe that happened exactly we're down to our last two minutes guys this was a great show I was, I've enjoyed quite a bit of it but you all want to take it out, finishing up um, about the ch- um, church targeting gay or- ordinances? Yeah, um, it was, it was, yeah, real quick. It, it was, I, and I'm sad. I want to move to this town in San Antonio, but I was messaged by one of my Facebook friends who actually lives there, and this this particular group of Tea Party Patriots, and they they combined with a local uh, black church, who felt that it was discriminatory that the state make a legislature to not discriminate against gays. So
so they felt they were being discriminated against because they couldn't actively discriminate against gays. You got to let that roll around in your head for a minute. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's that, it's that old happen. Christian tactic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's that old Christian tactic. Like, you know, you want to you wanna uphold the most bigoted, misogynist, racist parts of the Bible. And, you know, when somebody calls up and says, hey, man, you can't act that way to gay, black, Latinos, and stuff like that, you're, you're impeding my rights as a Christian. No, we're impeding your rights as a bigot. There you, you go. You should be ostracized. You should be ostracized. That's right. <laughs> exactly. You know, we're infringing mm. upon their right to be a bigot and a racist. You know, they should be able to be as bigoted and as racist as they want to be, and I'm talking about different situations and different scenarios. But um, we didn't get a chance to get to the to the church, the black pastor saying that she only wanted the white people to be Greek. You know, maybe we'll cover that the next time. Like I said, these jokes write themselves. <laughs> well, with that, it ain't no hate like self-hate. Mm-hmm. That's all you can say. That's right. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, hey, great show, great job. Thanks, Alvin, for calling in. Thank you, Deborah, for calling in. And, guys, this is Black Free Thinkers, and this is where we challenge you to think and live for yourself, not convert you. And we thank you all for being a part of our show. And until next time, two weeks from now, Alfred and Carl, tell them you're out. Peace out. you yourselves. Have fun. <laughs> Good night, everybody. Good night. Thank you, everyone.